how menopause impacts weight gain and how to deal with it. Hey, it's Zane here with you for Rock Solid Wellness, where my mission is to help you to think well, eat well, move well, and live well. So I recently had a request, um, in fact, by a, a couple of people in my audience who wanted me to address the topic of menopause. And uh, it's a topic that speaks close to my heart. My wife is the first to admit that uh, she actually uh, had early onset menopause uh, very soon after our third child. So it's, it's something I can relate to and I do feel that I'm somewhat qualified uh, to speak about. So after menopause, many women experience weight gain and particularly around uh, the abdomen area. Now, the main contributors to weight gain are generally declining estrogen levels, loss of muscle, uh, muscle tissue, that of course just happens naturally with age, lifestyle factors, of course, such as diet and exercise as well. So here I want to talk with you about uh, weight gain post-menopause and also offer you some tips and solutions for dealing with the problem so that you can really feel good inside your body and, and feel re-energized again. So firstly, let's just get clear on what menopause actually is. Menopause occurs when a woman stops ovulating and her monthly menstrual cycle ceases. As women get into their 40s and 50s, there is usually a tendency to gain weight, particularly if it is aided and abetted by poor lifestyle choices around the areas of diet and exercise. In other words, what you get away with in your 20s and 30s, nine times out of 10, you won't get away with in your 40s and 50s. So the first thing we have to realize, ladies, is that change is a natural part of life as we get older. And the key is to embrace this change and to adjust to adjust your lifestyle habits to reflect these physiological and metabolic changes as they evolve. For example, as you age, muscular composition tends to naturally decrease and metabolism slows down. And these factors definitely contribute to unwanted weight gain post-menopause. Other physical changes can include skin dryness and reduced elasticity, hair loss, and even a lack of libido. Now, all of these things can affect a woman's self-esteem, body image, can increase her risk of depression, and also sexual discomforts as well. Other contributors to weight gain after menopause include things like exposure to synthetic medications, anxiety, and even emotional trauma. So what are some of the solutions for dealing with weight gain post-menopause? Well, I've written five things down here I want to address for you here, and then we'll, we'll wrap up the session for today. But firstly, I want to address foods to avoid. The big four, the big culprit four, as I like to call them. You see, when it comes to just about every ailment you can think of and getting back on top of our, our health and the part that diet plays in that, 
nine times out of 10, it's what you leave out that matters most. In other words, it's the, it's the bad foods that you put to the shelf that you walk away from that will actually make even more of a difference than the things that you eat. So we want to get rid of the, the chaos causing foods from our diet, ladies, when it comes to dealing with menopause. Now, the big culprit for are processed meats and dairy, things like salami, homogenized pasteurized dairy products, uh, sausages, ham, bacon, all of those kinds of things. Refined sugars, industrial seed oils like safflower and canola that are hydrogenated oils, trans fats, cause a lot of chaos in the body. And then we have refined grains, so anything that's white, white bread, white flour, white pasta, those kinds of things. These cause inflammation. They impede healthy digestion. They spike blood sugar. They raise insulin. And they don't nourish your cells with what they need. So again, number one is to be really conscious of eliminating processed meats and dairy, refined sugars, industrial seed oils, refined grains. Those four food groups, which are very, very common on your supermarket shelf, in the foods that everyday foods that people consume, uh, processed foods, takeaway foods, you name it. So you've got to get those out of your diet, step number one. Step number two is to avoid crash and fad diets. Now, drastic calorie restriction and fads, you, you and I both know that they don't last, particularly those that involve elements of deprivation, going without. People who go on these crash and fad diets, they very quickly, they're short-lived and they tend to come back to their original eating plan and things get out of hand. Their metabolism shot. They're depressed because things didn't work out. They come back to their reg- regular eating plan and they're worse off than when they went on the diet in the first place. So we need to avoid crash and fad diets. Step number two. Number three is to move towards a wholesome, whole food plant-based diet as much as you can. Now, that doesn't mean you need to be vegetarian. It doesn't mean that you need to be vegan. It just means that you need to have a heavy emphasis on whole plant foods in your diet. Locally sourced seasonal produce. Shop at your local farmer's markets, not the supermarkets, where the foods have traveled a long way to get there. They've been in storage for God knows how long subjected to plastics and air conditioning and chemicals. Shop at your local farmer's markets, talk to the growers, get your hands on spray-free produce to minimize your exposure to harmful chemicals and embrace an abundance of color. Get a, get a whole food vibe. When you go to those markets, you see all the color and it, it really opens your eyes to what's possible in your diet. Animal products, make sure that they're grass-fed, they're free-range, hormone-free, and only eat wild-caught seafood. If you are going to eat seafood, make sure, please make sure that it's it's wild-caught rather than farmed. Add root vegetables into your diet, which strengthen and re-establish key functions of your body. 
Foods like carrots, sweet potatoes, ginger, beets, radishes, onions and garlic. Get plenty of those into your diet. Drink green juices two to three times per week to cleanse and soothe your digestive system and and your gut. Minimise caffeine and drink herbal teas to help reduce stress and to keep your liver in good condition. Okay, so again, step number three is to move to a whole plant-based diet, at least 80% if you can. Number four is movement. Get the basics right first. Now, what I mean by that is daily brisk walking outdoors, particularly in the morning if you can, for at least 30 to 45 minutes is step number one. You're meant to walk all of your body's Most vital functions depend on walking to function optimally. Walking brings a smile to your face, it relieves anxiety, depression, and it supports a healthy constitution, as your grandma would have said once upon a time. So once you've got walking under control and you're doing that consistently at least five days a week, at least five days a week, I'd recommend every morning, but at least five days a week. Next, add some low impact intensity into your weekly movement routine. Now, what do I mean by that? Movement that places moderate pressure on your muscles raises your heart rate to some degree as well, but doesn't put you at risk of injuries, okay? Pilates, hot yoga, lap swimming, hiking, cycling, circuit training, those kind of activities, just go for those two to three times per week for 45 minutes to an hour. Most of those types of things have, have weekly classes that you can tap into or squads that you can, that you can uh, train with. And it's not about breaking any records, it's just about being in an environment that's positive and helps you to keep motivated and and to keep getting it done. Now this will ensure two things. It'll boost your cardiovascular fitness. It will add muscle tone to your frame, which will enable your body to burn more fat and to stay in shape. And that's what we all want. See, a lot of women say nothing seems to work when it comes to menopause. It doesn't seem to matter how much I exercise, it doesn't make a difference. But if you struggle to shed weight, it's quite often not a question of quantity, but quality. You see, the right type of exercise for you and your body type will always trump random quantity. Okay, so just remember quality, finding the right activity that works for you that you can stay consistent with, that's the most important thing. And the other thing is, is that your environment is important. You don't want to, you know, just sign up for a gym and just sort of arbitrarily find your way there and get distracted and have to wait for equipment and all of those kinds of things. All I want you to do is to dedicate 45 minutes to, to an hour to doing some form of, low, of resistance, low-impact training a few times per week, let's say three times per week as a minimum. If you can incorporate that, add that to your walking, then you're really going to have have it made as far as a weekly movement routine goes. But I don't want you to be distracted. 
Too many people sign up for gyms, they go for the first month and then they find that, you know, it's too difficult, they can't get equipment, whatever it might be. So I always prefer and recommend that you join classes if you can because it's more motivating, it's more uplifting, you've got other people there, it's fun, and, and you can and you can just get it done without you having to think too much about it and without getting distracted. Okay, so number four is movement once again. Five, now this is a big one, and this is the one I want to sort of speak most about before we wrap up today, but emotional wellness, self-worth, having a passion, healthy connections, intimate relationships, visualizing your body in a positive light. That is such an important thing. And I know too many women, when they get post-menopause, they get into their 40s and beyond, they start to lose that sense of self, self-love when it comes to their body. And it can be very difficult to get in shape when you're constantly critical of yourself or you can't create a picture of how your body will look and feel like in your mind's eye if it's in good shape. Visualization of a better life, a better body, a better situation is very, very powerful. Why? Because the more you create a clearing and reinforce that picture, that positive picture in your mind, the more your mind can't tell the difference between illusion and reality. And that makes you feel better. Secondly, your physical body wants to find a way to actually catch up to that picture so that it can make it a reality. So visualization of something better or a visualization of a result that's really important to you This is something that most successful people have in common. They know how to see the future. Now, if that means having a a clear, specific goal, then all the better. For example, I had one lady write to me recently. She said, I want to lose six kilograms. I thought, wow, why not five? She's very, very specific. She wants to lose six kilograms. And that's fantastic because the clearer the goal, the more chance of you actually reaching it. Clarity is power when it comes to achieving anything in life. But sometimes in order to achieve that goal, you need to also have a clear and compelling why, a good reason to stay the course when inevitably the going gets tough like it quite often does. You see, quite often the obstacle to your goals is emotional interruption, emotional interference, self-doubt, uncertainty, trauma, a lack of self-love or connection with a significant other, those can have a big say in how you feel. So when it comes to a a life-changing phase like menopause, yes, there are biological changes that make things harder for sure, but often these changes coincide with some life uh, battle-scarred and emotional baggage situation that can also be intertwined to make those obstacles even greater. So in talking with many women in their 40s and 50s, uh, just recently, this is what I've discovered, that these intangibles are just as significant as any other obstacle. And that's why taking the time to emotionally clear yourself of these things is so, so important. To learn to breathe, to meditate, to practice self-care, to have you time to not put everyone else first anymore, to rediscover 
your loves, your passions, the things that light you up, these are the things that are so important. The main takeaway from today is that, you know, many women do reach a stage in life where they have metabolic and biological and physiological changes going on, their hormones uh, imbalances start to kick in. And of course, that's natural evolution. But then there are also other factors where a lot of women don't do themselves any favors. For example, they're still using endocrine disruptive products like chemically laced cosmetics, personal care items. So whether it's to deal with post-menopause, weight gain, to get in shape or to simply feel better in your own skin, you need to have a self-care mindset first. A self-care mindset is what helps you to focus your attention inwards. It helps you to begin to take better care of you. So that's it for today. I hope you got some value from today's message and uh, I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Until then, stay strong, live well. This is Zane signing out. I'll see you soon. Hey, it's Zane here and thanks for listening. If you received value from today's episode and you'd like to see how I can help you at an even deeper level, I invite you to check out my Rock Solid Wellness online course and coaching programs. It's all about helping you to break through any limitations you may have and building strong, robust mind and body habits that put you in control. My at-home video course is a pre-recorded module training where we focus on boosting your mindset, nutrition, movement and lifestyle. And if you'd like to work with me even more closely, I also offer group and private coaching to help you integrate the rock-solid steps into your own life. To learn more about my online course or coaching programs, go to zanetroscott.com. Again, thank you for listening and I look forward to serving you on your journey to rock solid wellness. If you got value from this episode, feel free to leave me a comment or review on your favorite podcast platform. I also appreciate any constructive feedback or topic suggestions so that I can keep improving and serve you best. Keep in mind that the content of this episode is for informational and inspirational purposes only and is not intended to replace any advice given to you by your doctor or healthcare professional. I do recommend that you consult your personal physician before acting on any of the information contained in this episode to determine its suitability for you. This is Zane Truscott signing out. Again, thanks for listening. And until next time, stay strong and live well.